Hello to all you survivors out there in the wasteland. We're transmitting from our hermetically sealed bunker beneath the nation's capital, and thank you for joining us on whatever scavenged receiver you've got going today. I'm Brandon Crilly, Ottawa-based author of science fiction and fantasy. I'm Evan May, author of The King in Darkness and Bonhomme Setor. The robot uprising is underway, and we're hiding from the machines that once served us down in our cozy little bunker. We've decided to pass the time by sharing stories. Instead of an actual campfire, since we can't trust any technology, um, how safe is this recorder? I'm sure it's fine. We'll be talking about the stories we love from the world of science fiction, fantasy, and horror, as well as the tales that come from the creation of stories and the creation of art in general. Today, we've invited two of our fellow survivors to share their own ideas, experiences, and interests with us. Here's who will be joining us in the bunker today. Uh, hi, I'm Marie Villado. I'm an Ottawa-based author and storyteller, and I was once put under house arrest at the Parliament. My name is Mark Robinson. I'm storm hunter and meteorologist for the Weather Network, and I've nearly been shot twice. We're both really looking forward to our conversation today, and just as excited that we get to share it with you. Gather round, survivors, and welcome to Broadcasts from the Wasteland. You're wearing weather socks. No, look at that. Your socks. You're wearing weather socks. Or clouds and carpe the. F- <laughs> wow. Carpe the fuck out of this DM. Yeah. Carrie's nice. mom gave them to me. I am understood. <sighs> yeah. No, I've been wearing shoes all day. Fuck this shit. Sure. I've been wearing clothes all day, but you don't see me taking clothes off. Hey, man. It's uh. It's, it's a podcast. A, it's a yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, there you go. No, no, that's not the correct answer, Evan. <laughs> Why are you naked? <laughs> I, I, I want our guests to be oh, comfortable. that does feel nice. Oh, I right. don't want your guests to be that comfortable. <laughs> Come on, Marie. We'll be fine. Let's see what Brandon says. Oh, God, what happened? Do you mind if Mark gets naked? <laughs> I mean, Marie, the obvious answer is no. Okay, Marie was saying that she had her shoes on all day, so she was, you know, she wanted her shoes off. Because <laughs> it was comfortable. I was like, well, I remember wearing my clothes all day. Yeah. I mean, it's a podcast, so like, we can get away with this shit. No you, no, you told me on. I, I can't remember what episode it was, but you said some, on one of the episodes that I have to be wearing pants. And then you said we weren't doing that. Yeah, but I feel like you fought me on that. Mm. Maybe, I've, uh, maybe you brought okay. me around to your way of thinking. Uh, <laughs> my buddy Chris Murphy from the Weather Network. Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever met him yeah. years and years ago. He's on air. Does on air stuff all the time. Sure, yeah. Back in the day, um, they had their set was a desk, so you never saw anybody below about here. Oh no! So <laughs> Chris is walking up, and at this point, like, no, he's on here. He's kind of famous and everything. I was like, yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Chris Murphy, and there's all these desks, so I couldn't see below about his, his lower half. Right? He walks around the side of the desk. He's wearing sandals and suit pants that were cut off right here, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. And he's like, welcome to TV. That's better than I thought it would be. I have to say, that is not the conclusion yeah. I was expecting. I thought it was going to be like board shorts or something. It's like he's on his way to the beach. Well, no, that's, what it's, that's oh. actually what they looked like. But oh. he'd actually taken a pair of suit pants and cut them off. So, I'm the only one that thought he was going to be naked then. Huh? Yeah, you're the only one who thought he was I mean, going to be he naked. Is still yeah. enough, <laughs> there's still awesome. a modicum of fashionality yeah. that like we have. Like, there's other people around. Like, you can't and, just... you know, HR tends to get a little cranky when you walk in completely naked. <laughs> they I, say I weather is unpredictable and so are pets. Oh, That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> wow, I like that one. <laughs> pets are unpredictable. Don't use that one. Do you, do you guys need copywriters for yeah. the weather network? <laughs> yes, I can help yes we could use a few. <laughs> I, feel like, help, yeah. I feel like you need a code of conduct, too, after that. I think... I think that the, this podcast should be called Pants Are Unpredictable. Pants are unpredictable. Title right there. Done. Pants, Pants are unpredictable. unpredictable. Done. Yeah. Okay. Done. We'll write that down. Yeah, we'll retitle for season two. Okay. No, I have to mean like just, just this oh, one just, podcast. Oh, just, episode, oh, just yeah. this episode. Yeah, yeah the episode could be you know, yeah, okay. Pants Are Unpredictable. All right, totally. yeah, I can do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, okay, I want to know how... Um, I can't remember his name wrong. Mafau... Mafau Yeah, how... Okay, Oh yeah, no, Mavon and I've been chatting back and forth on um, on Twitter for ages. Yeah, and uh, he's a big fan of mine. I was a big fan of his, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, I want to follow this guy." And he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're following me!" And he's like, "I I, I love your work," and I'm like, "No, I love your work more." <laughs> 
So we're just going back. <laughs> no, and you're forth. cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So when he was on uh, when he was on Dirk Gently and they got canceled, I was like, yeah. no, and like, and so you know, going back and forth, and I was like, you know, save Dirk Gently, and uh, and so we were chatting him back and forth. So uh, he and I, um, I'm, I'm determined to take him out storm chasing. Okay, he really wants to go. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So we got a few uh, things that like we have in common. So he loves abandoned buildings as well, and uh, so and I love abandoned buildings as well. It's actually really? okay. The book I'm working on, the new one. Is actually based around a world that is oh, nothing, just nothing that but abandoned that buildings. Working on that was that was well done. That was, I know. <laughs> that, was, yeah. See? that was nice. That was smooth. This is why I went to eat. I, I, can, I know how to. I know how to improv. Yeah. Is that the new book? There is. That is one of the two new books I'm working on. Yeah. Don't hurt him. He's been writing. Yeah, I have. I know. He texts me when he's yeah. bad, so it's pretty easy to tell <laughs> when he's yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Marie. Yell at me. <laughs> done. <laughs> she finds it surprisingly easy. Oh, good. Yeah. I do. It's like what kind of service do you provide? People it's, text you and you yell at them. Yeah, yell at them for not writing. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, that's yes, specific. Yeah, that's that is—it's fairly specific. Okay, okay. Well, it's for the there. non-paid version. Yeah. For the yeah. paid. Oh, okay. Version, what is the paid version? Get stuff. Us slash people. You get. Yeah, it's, it's a little more gently. It's less. It's more polite. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, perfect. <laughs> the paid version is far more polite. Yeah. Sorry, you're talking about your writing. I apologize. Well, yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So this is the this is one of my in the, my new worlds. It's gonna it's a world of nothing but abandoned buildings. Oh, nice. So it's it's a set in a slightly different universe where um, uh, there's like um, uh, think of um, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it uh, like a city like a world made of nothing but city. Okay. So like but it's all abandoned buildings. So there's a uh, so there's a, a, a thriving like society of people that have sort of put together. So they do. Um, Exploring this whole oh, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you go through a door, you might be in another building completely, and then you go oh. through another door, and it's another building completely. So there's yeah, never yeah. there's very little outside. Right. So so like when you so to, to get food and water, you have to collect it. So you have to like you know they look for vending machines, old vending machines that might be sitting there that you can okay. grab. Cool. Um, yeah. So it should be interesting yeah, to, yeah. to play with that. I've always been fascinated by cities. Okay. Um, and I've been fascinated by natural disasters within cities. Right, so okay. it's all going to be a part and parcel. So this one's a little closer to actual storm chasing. I was gonna, yeah. there, there's some more weather involved in than, than my yeah, other yeah. one. So. <laughs> so, so wait, that's one world. At least that's one world out of. Uh, well, I've got my my other world is a diesel pump world. Okay. So they're okay, two, so, okay, two very it. different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always get asked by people, um, oh, if you're you're writing something, you must be writing storm chasing. You must be, and I'm like. Hell no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this is what I do for my day job. Yeah. I do not want to come home and then write about storm chasing. Yeah. So, oh yeah. And yet, when you look at the plan that Derek Kunskin has worked out for you, <laughs> <laughs> also yes, also yes. Yeah. This is the non. We were talking. This is the nonfiction plan. We were talking about this. I think. Yeah, the nonfiction yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the nonfiction one is actually. I've got a couple of ideas that I'm, I'm putting together. And the the worst thing is, is I have been writing this in fits and starts for. God, 10 years, 10 to 12 years. Seriously? Yeah. I've been sort of, I'd write something and then it would be like, oh, I don't like that. And then I would write something else and I don't like the, the way we're coming at it with that. And the, I, and the I sort of abandoned it. Nonfiction. Okay. And uh, Derek and Marie and I were sitting uh, about, was, when was that? About a month ago? Two months ago? I'm not two months ago. I yeah, when the flooding happened. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and, and Derek's like, why don't you try this? And I'm like, oh my God. And that was it. That was like <laughs> the, the thing that just broke the dam open. And I was like, oh my god! And then Derek and I were chatting about, uh, about a week ago. Okay. And we were going back and forth, uh, talking about, uh, oh, what, you know, hey, well, let's uh, change it up a little bit. Yeah. So what we're looking at doing one is um, on the front lines of climate change. Okay. Right? Oh, because yeah. I've been, like, there's, it's one thing to discuss it from a, a very scientific point of view and, mm. and sort of very clinical point of view. Sure. It's another thing entirely to be standing on the edge of an ice flow uh, in Nunavut uh, with Inuit hunters talking about the fact that this ice flow should not be this the edge of the ice should not be here at this time of year it should right. be another two or three miles out right yeah and we're, we're dealing with this and um you know we're getting weird species in here and our hunting grounds are now disappearing um old traditional knowledge uh which the inuit are very much based around yeah is now useless Right. So now our society, like the way we build our, the way the Inuit built our society, is around this idea of traditional knowledge, of passed on knowledge, mm-hmm. um, and now, and so that's very, very important. So the elders are very, very held in high regard because they have this traditional knowledge, 
and now their traditional knowledge is going away because it no longer applies. So that there's now a loss of um, respect for elders, and and this oh. sort of digs. So climate change digs into a social point of view, and that's some of the stuff that I've experienced. So it's very difficult to um, stand there and say, "Oh, this is this." So climate change is this thing that's going to happen to somebody else. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't necessarily want to get too, um, like, dark and depressed, but, like, <laughs> since, since, you, you, since yeah. you brought up climate change, um, I have trouble every single day. Like, I'm reading stuff about climate change, and, and it's almost gotten to the point where I have to not, it sounds terrible, I have to not pay as much attention to the news, because I know how bad it is, and I'm doing everything I can locally to, like, like how... It must be like 10 times worse for you. Actually, here's the funny thing. Yeah. Um, is yes, but no. Okay. Um, because one of the things that I've found is the resiliency of the human spirit is absolutely stunning. Um, the things that we are seeing, yes, are I absolutely have a, a critical and, and um, it has to happen quickly. Okay. But here's the thing, it is. Okay. And, and this is the thing that you don't often see in the news, mm. um, and it is the, the good side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at uh, how fast we're dealing with electrification of our energy um, systems in terms of transport. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't really hear about that that much. Yeah. And yet, like, you drive down the street, I guarantee you you'll see a Prius, or you'll yeah. see an electric car. You right. see the talk yeah. about Teslas. Right? That's a fair point. There's Everywhere. a ton of what's the, the Volt? I can't remember what company. The Volt, yeah. yeah uh, that's GM, I think. Yeah, there's a bunch uh, driving around yeah. in Ottawa. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you're starting to see this. I mean, is it too much, too little, too late? I don't think so. Okay. Because the amount of, and again, when I go to these different places, the amount of adaptation that we're seeing, it's not really shown in the news because, yeah. you know, the news, it leads, it, bleed, it, lead, it bleeds, it leads, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of focus on the bad stuff. And I think. Um, as, as writers, in, in some ways, we have to sort of say, hey, there's hope. Mm. It's easy to write dystopian stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And everybody's screwed. But look at, how, uh, look at how each dystopian one always has the, 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 um, the, the protagonist eventually it succeeds. Yeah. Changes society somehow. And that, I think, is you know, something that's, that's always... Um, it's always in these books. I think Stephen King also said in uh, in horror writing, mm. the ho- it's not about the fact that there are monsters, but that the fact that monsters can be beaten. Right. Oh. Right. Yeah, think okay. about almost any horror movie, yeah. right, or any horror book. Yeah. Like yes, there's horrible monsters, horrible things happen, but in the end, these things get beaten. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think climate change, in some ways, is is similar to that. Okay. Um, and I think that you know we do ourselves a little bit of a disservice when it's all doom and gloom. Right. And we don't sort of say, "Hey, look at this!" Like, like you know, if we if we write as a, in a fiction sense, yeah. that this stuff can be beaten. Okay, right? I mean, it's much harder to have climate change as a protagonist because it's sure. not like it happens like this. <laughs> well, right? Like, like yeah. you often see like tornadoes or hurricanes as the as the antagonist in a given story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but those can be those can be beaten, right? right. And it happens right away. Yeah, so, yeah, really yeah. dramatic and yeah. But yeah, climate yeah. change is this slow, insidious thing. That yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah hard to beat and it takes a long time but uh, you know it's one of those things that I'm seeing people are responding to it and they are doing stuff against, okay, you know, to deal with it yeah 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 so it's not as depressing as okay, that, yeah. you might think I like I I, I, I waffle back and forth because like I, I write solar punk and, and yeah and we, have you read any solar punk oh yeah I know solar punk yeah, yeah so and so I try to focus on that and then and then I'll like a week later I'm like I'm reading more shit about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever, and then I'm like, and I'm depressed again, and I'm like, okay, I gotta go write some. And so I, I, I'm constantly still like waffling back and forth. And, and... Yeah, I think that I mean the, this this problem is serious. Yeah. There's, there's no question. It's it's the it's the challenge of our time. There's, yeah, yeah. there's no way of getting around that. Um, but human beings have won in the past, right? If you yeah. think about it, yeah, right? that's like, a good point. Like, we've, we've beat things that we never thought we could. I mean, we thought, you know, like, the most horrible thing was polio and, and stuff like that. And yeah. we beat it. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you think about the ozone hole, you know. Um, you know, that was, like, this huge thing. Like, people, you know, oh, yeah. spray cans. Oh, yeah. Right. And what was it, the thing in fridges? What was Freon. Freon. Freon, Freon yeah. All, all of them had the same stuff. It was, yeah. all, it was all Freon. And we beat it. We had, uh, all of a sudden, they were like, why, why is it, why are we suddenly detecting all this Freon in the atmosphere again, like a couple of years ago, or like a couple of months I ago? I read about this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. they immediately tracked it down to <laughs> yeah. a, in China, and yeah, it got and shut down. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm and, reading about that. 
And it's and this is the thing. It's yeah. like we have to take risks, and it's going to be a hell of a fight. Yeah. But you know, it's it's something that can be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's just going to take a. It's going to take a hell of a fight to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's something I think that can be beaten. And I'd like to see more. I've actually considered writing this, and I'm like, how do I write the cheerful side of this, right? Without having like, because you need the you need yeah. the drama somehow. Otherwise, people are like. Yeah. Oh look, yeah, and now she's recycling, and now there's, <laughs> and now there's like electric cars, and everything's great. Yeah, and that's it's it's like how do you do that? Where it's yeah. like oh dystopian, oh my god, this is amazing because like oh they're fighting against the evil stormtroopers or whatever, right? And that's really it's like that's fun stuff to write. We were talking like in D and D, was it with character creation and how it's easy to go with the dark yeah with the dark no yeah i was totally terrible i'm gonna totally say it too do it but most D people will create these characters like with really dark backgrounds (laughs) and the reason they do it is because it's easy it's easy to find motivation for your character and direction if they have this really dire dark background right so it's kind of like like mine was a seamstress (laughs) she found out she liked to stab people (laughs) she wanted a different career direction (laughs) more or less a little bit more complex but not much more yeah 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 but she she did um, specialize in wedding dress creation which sort of explains why she would get into stabbing people at some point Um, because marriage makes you want to stab people yes right. <laughs> yeah. sorry honey yeah. I love you I'm, no comment for this I know my wife will listen to this oh yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. I we love you Beth it's you're fine. very patient <laughs> you have no idea um, but yeah the grimdark is a lot easier because yeah. it's easy to find motivation in the darkest times but it's also in that darkness that the light shines the brightest yeah so yeah. it's it's understandable why that balance would want to be achieved but it's easy to tip towards the grimdark. When I started as a storyteller, one of the first lessons I learned is that it's much easier to make people cry and respond emotionally to something that's dark mm. than it is to make them laugh. Because laughing points are different for everyone, but mostly the same things the archetypes make us sad. Yeah. Right? Like, you might not find someone falling off a chair funny. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, somebody else will find it sad. Whereas, you know, a child dying, uh, you know, a homes being destroyed, those are all things that will evoke a very yeah. negative emotional response. But the positive stuff is what humanity doesn't always respond the same way towards. You know, it's funny you say that because, like, even in my show... Um, when we're editing for, st- I mean, like humans are built around stories. So mm-hmm. even though yeah. we have like nonfiction, we have to do it as a story, yeah. right? Like so, like the show is always built around. I like I've learned so much about storytelling from like b- vi- like back and forth, right? Yeah. I learned storytelling from from doing my nonfiction stuff from the TV show, and then I learned a ton about story doing like writing the fiction. And it's funny how they like will go back and forth. And it's really easy in the show to go look at these people who have lost their homes and, 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 or lost, you know, they've lost loved ones and stuff like that. And it's, you have to try and make it a bit happy because otherwise people, I mean, like (laughs) nobody wants to, yeah, yeah. (laughs) oh no, no, no. this is. I was in the I was in I was in Moore, Oklahoma when we had an EF five that had about a I think it was about a seventy kilometer damage track. So EF5. Right, so we're uh, EF five is a it's a tornado. So it's how we okay. rate tornadoes. Um, we rate tornadoes from EF zero to EF five because we okay. rate them on. So five is bad. Five yeah, five is bad. Is bad. <laughs> we rate them on damage, not on wind speed. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So um, so if EF zero, it's like you might lose some branches and, and maybe some shingles. Yeah. EF five, the damage is there's nothing left. Okay. Right, these, the EF5s are the things that, that rip grass out of the ground and Shit. scour it down. Like they just rip sod out of the ground. They're they're the ones that peel pavement. Um, I've seen EF5s quite literally lift eighteen wheelers into the tornado and just mm. up they go like this. Right? Holy crap. Oh yeah. Um, so we were in this. So we're in this this EF5 damage path, and it was nothing but devastating stories and t- and tough times. Yeah. And we had the, there was, an, and this is, here, here's where we go for the, the, the grim, horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, and we had a, there was a school there that where seven or eight children lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had the option to go tell that story. And we decided, no, we're not going to tell the story. We, we, that one's been told. It's being told by everybody. We're going to go and look for some other stories. So we went to a, um, a strip mall and the strip mall was just gone, yeah. right? There was like, the, the, the cars were twisted. Like we're talking like, 
Like, we were finding car debris, like, everywhere. Wow. The entire strip mall um, was about up to my waist. Like, the, and so, oh, okay. and as we're walking through the strip mall, we're seeing children's toys everywhere. Right, and we're just like, oh, uh, my God. and we're seeing people like pulling stuff out of the out of this, and this is about eight hours after the tornado itself, right? So people are pulling, and we were watching them pull tar, you know, kids' toys out of there, and we're just yeah. like, oh my God! And uh, this guy comes running over to us. He's like, I got to tell you the story about my daughter. And Jack and I sort of like look at each other, and we're just like, oh, yep. we don't want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear this. And we're like, but you know what? We're 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 bringing reporters right now, so we have we have an obligation to tell this story. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, we're like, you know, it's probably been this, you know, his child has been killed or, or seriously hurt. And she's like, I'm so proud of my daughters. Oh, my daughter. And we're like, pardon? <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we end, the story ends up, and, and I actually have trouble telling this story even to this day. Okay. Um, because it's 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 tough, yeah. but it's amazing. And this is the good, this is the, the amazing side of things. Uh, here I am, you know, paying off the story before I start even start. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is the story about how to, how to, good, how to yeah. not, how to not uh, spoil the story before I tell it. Expectations are super high yeah, yeah. right now. So, like, so, bring it. So, um, so he said um, his his daughter was uh, is twenty three years old, twenty four years old. Okay, she runs a daycare in this strip mall. So in this strip mall, there's a karate studio, a nail salon. And a daycare. Okay. And so they said um, what happened was um, she and her partner were in the in the daycare, and these are like two girls, are 24, 25 years old, twenty five years old, and they were just the workers. They weren't the they weren't the people that own this place. And they hear the tornado sirens go off, and they go uh, and they sort of look to the west, and they said they could see this EF five churning towards them. And at this point, it's just this ugly black cone with debris just flying around it as it's destroying houses it ripped a bridge off its abutments like a railroad bridge off its abutments and it's coming straight at them and they're kind of like okay we either we can do two one of two things and these are like these are 23 year olds and they're like we can jump in our car and drive away and we'll be we'll we'll be alive we'll we'll make it we'll be safe but our kids are probably all going to die so we have they can then either that or we stay here in the strip mall try to save our kids we're probably going to die but we're going to save as many kids as we can and that's what they did they said okay we're, so they grab the kids they run them into the back of the into the bathroom in the back of this uh, this daycare they grabbed the sleeping mats as many as they could just threw them on top of the kids and they threw themselves on top of wow. the kids wow. and the tornado comes in the front door the entire building collapses down on top of them right and so this is Eight hours after this, and, and Jacqueline and I are, were hearing the story, and uh, the two girls come up to us and, oh, and wow. we're like, we're like, oh my god, you guys are. See, I I, I have trouble yeah. telling the story <laughs> even to this day, and it's been many. It's been that was 2013, and um, and so we were like, are you you know okay? And they're like, oh yeah. So we got their story, and um, she said that uh, the the building collapsed down around around them, and she's covered in this debris. There's nothing but a roar and screaming children. Right, a roar like you have never heard. Like stick your head in an engine of a like an airplane engine, and this is the kind of roar they're dealing with. So this whole thing is happening, and um, she sort of picks her head up out of the debris and quite literally looks up into the heart of the EF five tornado. And she said her her vision started to sparkle and go black, and she's like, "This is it. I this is how I die. I'm dying in the next thirty seconds." Um, I hope my kids are going to be okay. And then she's like, wait a second, what am I doing? And she slams her head back down <laughs> underneath the debris. The tornado passes over top of them, keeps going. Every single one of those kids survived without wow. injury. The two of them had, I think, 27 and 30 stitches in their back from the flying debris. Um, and the whole tornado just kept going, and, and they were okay. Wow. And that was the decision that they had to make in those in those few in those few seconds before that tornado arrived. Jesus. And I can't even imagine making that decision. Yeah. And and but that story in itself was this unbelievable story of survival that they decided yeah. to do this. And you know, we're doing we're dealing with this story, it's amazing. And at the same time, we're seeing like we're on Twitter and everything else, and someone else is like, they were searching in the debris and Oh my God! Their puppy survived, and they got the puppy. puppy, and now it's on CNN and MSNBC, <laughs> and they've got this puppy, and, and, this, uh, and so we're standing there going like, "Oh man, when we get a puppy story?" And 
So we hear this, we do with this story, and we're like talking with some other people in the same strip mall and everything else, and she's like, oh my god, it's Benji! Or something like that. I'm like, oh my god, our puppy story! And she pulls out a lizard. <laughs> and she's like, my lizard survived! We're like, really? A lizard? So it didn't go viral, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever talks about the yeah. lizard. Nobody talks about the lizard, so... But that's, I mean, like this is the horror, and and yet the this this good side of it that we had to that we, we deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it was like, but what's for me, it's really cool, um, is that I then take those stories and I can put those into a bit of my fiction because mm-hmm. you can sort of see the trauma of these people, um, but at the same time you can also see this this like human survival side. Yeah, yeah. And and what you really see um, out there in some of these damage paths and that is the unbelievably good side of human beings. Yeah. Um, again, in that same damage path, um, there were so many volunteers streaming in from everywhere across the United States and even Canada. Yeah. Um, that they literally had to say, "Please stop coming. Wow. We can't deal with this many people <laughs> coming in to help." Too many of you. Oh my god. Yeah, and it was it was really quite amazing because you would see these people that were that were just like, "Okay, what can I do? What can I do? I brought this. I've done this. I'm I'm here to like send yeah. me, you know, let me do something." Um, to the point that they were like literally saying, "Stop sending us stuff. Just send us money." Oh yeah, right, okay. right. Which is really interesting because you you have this side of things where people are so desperate to help or want to help out yeah. that you see so often in fiction where it's like as soon as the, the, the zombie apocalypse ha- happens everybody's just ready to eat each other's faces yeah yeah yeah, yeah. from day right? one yeah. from but, day one but that's because after an EF5 the danger is gone yes but no <laughs> the zombies are still there yeah that's the true that, that, that is me I'm gonna put my phone over here and just... <laughs> I, yeah, I heard mine that's, like 20 minutes ago yeah that, <laughs> that's and, and so that's popular. true that's true but so often like I see like the, but even on the on an overall side in, in quite often in these dystopian stories um, people just want to kill each other oh, I know, immediately right? that's the whole thing everyone's like humanity's the worst <laughs> And it's I'm like, lazy writing. That's what. Yeah, it is. it's it, it, easy yeah. not to find hope yeah, and, in dark situations. And I see so often where it's the exact opposite, where people try to rebuild, people try to will, will throw themselves at trying to help out, even if they're like in hurricanes. Like you get people that are like the hurricane is still going on, and they're literally walking through water up to their waist to go and try and rescue their neighbor or something like that because they know they're in trouble. Um, I had a couple friends of mine who were in Hurricane Katrina with us, oh. and we had, uh, or they had, like, they were in a hotel close to us, and there was a woman on the first floor who was literally living in this hotel, because she was, she was a worker at the hotel, and the water started to get up, creep up and up and up and up, and they heard her screaming for help, because the water was like, imagine this hotel room right yeah. now, the water's here. So she's literally floating on her chair in this water, Oof. and they ran out of this hotel into the debris stream of, of, of Hurricane Katrina to grow, try and they hauled her out of there um, like literally on like floating on a desk to like drag her back to where they were and I mean they, they were totally putting themselves at yeah. unbelievable risk and they saved her life yeah yeah Right, so like, yeah, that's the one thing. I, the one thing that drives me a little bit crazy about dystopian is immediately yeah. everybody's trying to kill each other. I know. Yeah, you always read the stories about like people who like some, you know, somebody's child was drowning and this other person tried to save them, and sometimes they don't make it or they mm-hmm. save the child. But there's yeah. usually there's someone trying to help or trying to find or yeah. whereas in dystopia it's like humanity's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> kill everyone. Yeah, and even in, in my own stuff that I've written, like I, I tend to take a more optimistic point of okay. view of it, um, as opposed to like it's it, it's easy it's easy to write, you know, yeah. like hey, this person wants and oh drama. Well, it's a cheap tension point, right? I mean, it's like if you look at The Walking Dead. I stopped. I was reading the comic book. I haven't watched the show so much because I keep wandering away and cleaning my house with the show. <laughs> so you know, Carrie keeps putting it on. <laughs> She's like, "Hey, let's watch this. Oh, good, you're cleaning." Uh, but uh, when I was reading the comic book, I realized that all they were doing were the same beats, and it was always like it was just what can we dramatize the most? Okay, internal relationship. Everyone's awful to each other. Okay, yeah. and then external relationship. Oh, we met someone else. Oh, they seem nice. Oh, they have a nice clean house. Oh, they're offering me food. Oh, fuck, they're trying to, to kill me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and, and that was like, it's cheap writing because it's like, I, I want to use everything as a tension point, but the only thing I know to do a tension point with is to do 
immediate antagonism mm. as opposed to like let's find other ways to be like antagonistic yeah. as opposed to just like yeah fuck you money <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and even like even in the show um we do that sort of stuff like we have like it's easy to go oh look at how all oh, these poor people who yeah. have, have this happen or that happen um and it's easy to do that it's a lot harder to um set up characters um that are going to be nice to each other or you you see that sort of side of it and again being nonfiction, it's a little harder to to mm. to you know make it anything that what it already is and we work hard on storm hunters to try and portray it as it is you know what's hard with fiction i think <laughs> you have to be in people's heads and you have to yeah. understand how things work enough to imagine how it might function so people who can you're listening to me writers people who can only imagine people being terrible to each other that's their worldview this is how they imagine the world actually is because they can't imagine how would or that's how they've experienced maybe I hope not Um, but you know that's that's the worldview right it's like people will be terrible if they're given a chance but see for me it's really funny because I mean I think I used to think that way too right especially I don't think that way in real life oh but but, like I think even in real life but I did I did think that way and I started to... <laughs> For those of you not benefiting from the video feed, <laughs> Maria's miming stabbing people in the face, which is her favorite pastime. I have to, I have to go hide in somewhere in the bathroom now. I'm a little nervous sitting this close to Marie. You're fine. Yeah. Why are you, why are you tasting my skin? Just and not in the good way. <laughs> No, but I mean, I think for for one thing for me, um, because I used to think that way, I started traveling for the show, right? And so I would travel and and visit these some some of these extremely extraordinary exotic locales. Mm. I was in a war zone, right? Like in Africa. Um, really? Oh yeah, yeah, in Goma. Um, I have you heard of the Rwandan genocide? Uh, yes, it, yeah, it was yeah. right there. Oh, like sure. we were in. Uh, so Goma was, um, and it is still. Um, one of the areas, it's one of the, the, oh boy, um, outside of like Syria, Iraq, um, Yemen, um, Goma in that area, the Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda is one of the worst areas like for this sort of thing in in the world. And so there we are in, in Goma and there is maybe a million or two million people there. They're really not sure because they may able to take a census. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, because most of the, after the Rwanda genocide, right. a lot of the, the refugees came across right in Goma. Oh, okay. So these are, so you're, you're talking about what was, is, or was and is, and it's very strange. Yeah. Um, in terms of war zones and, and genocides and stuff are still happening in the area. Yeah. And yet, I'm seeing some of the, I saw some of the most creative, um, uh, dynamic energy in this city hmm. um, that I've like I've, I've ever seen and and you get this idea that in a dis, like in in this area must be all everybody's ready to murder each other yeah right at a drop of a hat and yet that does happen and yet you're seeing like people like uh, the one thing that always strikes me strikes me immediately is a guy had a bicycle and it's very difficult to get parts and that sort of stuff so his obviously his front forks on his bike had broken so he made it out of a tree branch. Oh, neat! And he was literally right, like, and he was riding around on this bike that had front forks for a tree branch, and it was working perfectly well. <laughs> but this dynamic energy is still there, and you would expect right, all these okay. people to have given up to despair. And and yes, that is there. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is no question. I saw kids out there that were like their soccer ball was a was a bunch of bags. Like literally tied together with some elastics, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they would use this as a soccer ball, and that's hard to see. And then you'd see kids that are like, like, like picking water and, and stuff out of like these these open air sewers that are like as we drive down the road, um, and there's just tremendous corruption and everything else. And yet, the the human spirit sort of shone through in these right, in these places. Right. For me, I learned from my travels and this sort of stuff that like this always seems to be a part of humanity yeah, no yeah. matter how bad yeah. it gets there's this spirit that is still there and and that really changed it, it changed my writing in some ways well that's good yeah 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 so I also have the, the coolest shots of, of um, my writing places oh yeah we were talking about this downstairs <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a couple of shots I have a shot of me writing on top of a volcano 
So yeah, like, there's literally this ash cloud behind me as I'm <laughs> sitting there writing on our campsite just before we climb down into the volcano. Um, I have another shot of me writing on the side of a volcano with a guy with an AK-47 standing over me, guarding me while I'm doing my writing. So, yeah, this is going to be the book jacket. Yeah, that's totally the book jacket. It's it's good. (laughs) I don't know if those were your most productive times. (laughs) Actually, they were pretty good. That was the word count that day. Yeah, Yeah, when you're sitting around doing nothing because you're waiting for the the weather to clear to get into the volcano, there's not a lot to do. That's fair. I can see that. Yeah, I've done a lot of writing on um, on my flights because you got you know, 15 hour flights to some of these yeah. places yeah. where we're okay, going. Yeah, see, to that film. makes more sense. That, that's yeah. the logical place to. Oh be no, I, there's very little logic involved with me. So, I mean, I, I don't have ever asked you this. The question I've always wanted to ask is like, <laughs> oh no, like cause, because I mean, you know, you talking about like you know, going into volcanoes and Everest and, and going into hurricanes and like that's fucking crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, I, it's, I, I mean. I, given value I, I, I think crazy, I may yeah. have asked you this before, but it, like I just I can't imagine I can't imagine climbing into a volcano. I'll just I'll focus on that one. Like, <laughs> like to me, there's a certain amount of like just insanity that has to, like, or, or just, like like the fear would be too much for me. I think to even attempt it. Like I, I don't like. Um, that's because you have survival instincts. Sorry. I, yeah, I've lot of, I have a lot. Oh, okay, that, my that survival instincts were knocked out of me. My parents dropped me on my head when I was. Uh, <laughs> so I was what you're I was saying a, is, I yeah. need to get dropped on my head. Yeah, no, it's too late for you. I got, you had to get dropped when you were a kid. Um, so I need time travel. No, I mean there's there's um, there's a certain amount of risk to a lot of this stuff, yeah. but we mitigate the risk as much as possible. Okay. Um, but at the same time. How many people can say they've climbed down mm. uh, uh, down into a volcano to stand beside one of Earth's five lava lakes? Right. Okay. Right. And I've done two lava. I've done three lava lakes now. Yeah. Okay. Um, that I've sort of been up close to. My buddy George has done like almost all of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the other half of it is is like how many people can say they've been through twenty one hurricanes? Right. Um, and seen the eye wall. They've been in the eye wall of Hurricane Katrina. Right, right, right. Um, stood on the Great Plains of the United States to see a supercell, uh, you know, just unbelievable sculpture of wind and water just rotating above you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to see a tornado, you know, cutting across farmers' fields in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, to stand uh, on, our, on, on Antarctic shores. Uh, to see like you know the, you know, the, the cleanest air and water on the planet. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, you know, there's so there's that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were on ice flows uh, in the in the Arctic with a polar bear across the water from us. You know, we were you know flying drones around this poor polar bear. You know, <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff you get to do. Yeah, okay. um, so there's that sort of stuff. And, and what I when I and I I think I've said this to both of you. Half the reason I got on TV was so that I'd have a big enough audience so that a publisher right. would eventually <laughs> say, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, we'd like to publish you. <laughs> non-fiction for No, that. no, fiction, <laughs> fiction, fiction. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't try to talk him out of his dreams, Marie. What the <laughs> hell? He has beautiful dreams. And he started working on the non-fiction book. He has plans. Yes, I do. I'm not, he has requests from agents. I'm not making this up. <laughs> he told me I should work on this. He has <laughs> this multiple times. You've written... No, no. You've written to me, texting, <laughs> whining about the fact that you're doing fiction, saying I should probably focus on my non-fiction because I know I can sell that right away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. See, Marie, no Marie, Marie, Marie no actually sits on my shoulder. There's this little image of Marie sitting on my shoulder saying, why aren't you writing if I'm, like, if I'm sitting doing anything but writing? So, yeah. That's yeah. good. And then the other one says, the other one says, yes, you should be writing. Oh, okay, so it's so, the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah, same, yeah. yeah. It's just, good. yeah, yeah, I know. There's Thank always you. that. Yeah. With love, with yeah. love. No, I know. I whatever you want to write. I do jest about the nonfiction. No, you I just... I have visions. Right, yeah. yeah. They all include yeah. your nonfiction. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. Well, and as I said, Derek and I, and the three of us sat around that one day and... and in my house. L- in your house and literally came up with it and I went, oh my God, there's the dam bursting. Now I've got it. So, of course, I completely forgot what we had to say and then I lost the piece of paper which I had written it all down. So I just Dude. talked to Derek about a week ago. Okay. Next time we're taking a picture of your piece of paper. I know. That's what Derek said too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't tell me it's not like Derek. <laughs> yeah, I have see, to go. <laughs> see, you, you tried to pretend we established this on the drive down. The, the, you're, you were the angel on my shoulder and Evan was the devil on my shoulder. And it's, that makes no sense to me whatsoever, but it's the truth. 
She's the helpful one. <laughs> also, no, I have seen well, my my DMs yeah, 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 yeah. are just it's just Marie. It's right, just okay, Marie. that's yeah. a little more terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but yeah, but that, yeah. Evan, you're, you're yeah. not helpful. <laughs> I'm not helpful. No, I've always maintained those. You're just grumpy. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, there is the one specific way that I'm helpful. By being grumpy. Well, if you just listen to my advice and do the opposite thing, right. my advice okay. is fantastic. Yeah, that's fair. I, I I legitimately have forgotten all the advice you gave me in the car. That's probably for the best. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. That's because he's enacted it and he's blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Fine. Everybody. That's probably for the best for you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. great. Excellent. I'll take your advice. Have it any day. Any Excellent. Day of the week. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Are the cookies on the dark side? Isn't that the old joke? I have cookies right here. You got cookies right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, eaten, I've eaten most of them. Yeah. But. That's okay. I had like five on the way down and a donut. Oh. There you go. Yeah, I was in Ottawa yeah. yesterday, so I know what the drive is like. But we did 23 hours straight from New Orleans back to the Weather Network uh, from Hurricane Katrina. So. Yeah, fuck that, man. We had to get the footage back. Like, this, this oh, footage needed could, to yeah, be back, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so we couldn't, we couldn't upload what would be the equivalent of like five or six gigs worth of, right. of, of footage. Yeah, that would um, Especially back in 2005. There was yeah, no, yeah, there's yeah. no chance you were going to upload that. Yeah. So we literally had to drive it across the country right. to get it back to Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to get it on air. No, that makes sense. Because um, we couldn't get NBC and everybody else to sort of send it back, <laughs> to stream it back to the Weather Network. No, because why, yeah, why would they do that? Well... This is this yeah, is how right? It, right right so but I know some of my buddies got it up on NBC and they made oh, a lot of money a shit. lot of money like we're talking a year's salary worth of money oh, wow. for oh, for like five shit. minutes of video do you have regrets uh, I'm not I'm, <laughs> no, I'm contractually not allowed to say this if the weather network uh, you know like my boss at the TWN hear about it so we can cut this part out yeah. <laughs> Brandon's gotten very good at it. I, I yeah, am yeah. very good at editing out all my cursing, so I can cut out the. Oh, you guys! I, I, we can curse on this. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've cursed ten times since I said. Yeah, I know that's true. You're explicit on iTunes. Yeah, we haven't. But, it. but see, like because I because I'm yeah, I, I'm I'm public. I'm oh. sorry, I have literally trained myself yeah. not to swear Absolutely. on uh, like like I I've had like tornadoes chase me down the road, and I'm very careful not to swear. Uh, you know, like inside my head, the little thing is, is like, you know, the little part of me is screaming, yeah. like nothing but an unending stream of swear words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, but it's like on air. I'm like, well, I've uh, this could be potentially my last uh, transmission because I may be about <laughs> to die in the next five minutes, honey. I love you, but oh, by the way, right now we've got a temperature of 22 degrees. Uh, wind speed is approximately 440, 125 kilometers an hour, uh, and our relative humidity is about uh, 83. What? <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it's the reverse because I, I, as much as I've said that I curse sometimes in the classroom, I try not to. I, um, not in the classroom. Just every once in a while it's needed. Yeah. But because I can't as a teacher, it, it, I think it comes out more everywhere else. Yeah, well, I mean, we were, but we were discussing this earlier. That's true. We and we can discuss about, it here if you, yeah, like, yeah like, no, you I want. mean, this is a, this is an issue as a, as a public figure. Yeah. You have to be very careful. That's it. About what you do, yeah. um, and what you produce in your other fields. Yeah. Right, so like I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off, I have to say thank you, thank you for cutting me off. I appreciate yeah, that. That's exactly it. Hi. Yeah. And uh, and then inside your head, you've got a few choice things to say yeah. and, and whatever. Yeah. But you know, especially nowadays in a, in a world of social media, um, one person takes you takes a picture of you doing something dumb. Yeah. And you're in trouble. Oh yeah. I had um, and, and, and teaching is very particular, but I had a, a buddy of mine at work. Um, well, I started Instagram like a year ago or something because my students were like, sir, you should be on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and, and I just made it public because I don't care. I'm posting photos of like me in a, in a coffee shop and, and like sitting around a con. And but a couple of my colleagues were like, no, 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 you need to make your Instagram private. And the reason why they said that was because I, I posted something, I forget what the hell it was, and I said, and I I dropped an F-bomb in, in the in the post. And my and one of my students saw it and they commented on in the classroom and then I had like multiple different colleagues of mine come to me and say, yeah, you really need to make your Instagram private because of one yeah. curse. Wow. And just because I'm a teacher. And a high school teacher at that. And I, I looked at them and I said, my students say way worse stuff than I do. And yet you're held to this standard. That's exactly it. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Well, I mean, and it's, and, you know, like even for my fiction stuff, um, I'm, I, I, in some ways I have to be a bit careful, mm. uh, even though I don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, and I try to keep the two of them separate. Uh, but it's like, okay, so I'm going to, if I write about, say, an explicit scene, yeah. right? I mean, it's like, well, 
you know, are you allowed yep. to write that? That's you know, or, or can, you know, be, and, and I, I mean, the Weather Network is absolutely fantastic about this sort of stuff about allowing you to do some of the the outside stuff if you if you wish. I mean, you, I, I go and I present it to them and say, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and nine times out of ten, they're like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but there's a side of it uh, like where they have to say, well, hold on a sec. You know, you are representing our company at the same time. Yeah. And so you there's a there's a side there's a, a part where you have to sort of think about it. Yeah. And you say like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and but but see like that like for me that's something I've chosen. Right. I, yeah, I've chosen exactly. I've chosen to be a public figure. Yeah. So therefore that comes with like it that comes with the territory. Yeah. But if you haven't chosen to be a public figure, right. yeah. You know, exactly then it. it's like, well, hold on a sec. Yeah. Where's the line? Yeah. <laughs> I was just chatting with a with a communications freelance client, and they were saying, you know, we encourage people that we work with to like, you know, reshare some of our messaging so that we get a bigger social media footprint. And I'm like, okay. And then she pauses. She goes, I've seen your Twitter feed. It would work well for us if you didn't share. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. Ha- glitter. You're talking about glitter all the time. <laughs> That's all I understand. You're talking about glitter. And panic. Like yeah. Panic. panic. Yeah. 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 It's entertainment feed, though. I'm there to entertain the masses. Maybe yeah. inspire them to stupidity. I mean, that's how I, I feel like that's too. The, yeah. that would maybe I, I, be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> but at this, you know, like, but I, it's, it's a, it's a different world, you know, because if you put something out um, and somebody jumps on that, they can potentially control the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's Where it's the like, danger. it's like, well, like I think we were saying earlier, you know, if you write a short story about death. Yeah. Right. And then someone says, "Well, uh, my school, my high school teacher, obviously, you know, he's he's writing about death, so I don't want him teaching my children." And you're like, "Well, ho- hold on a sec. Maybe he's dealing with the death of his father, and this is part of how he's dealing with it." Like, do you draw the line there? Yeah. Well, I think the question has to be more and more not how do you hold the narrative or how do you keep control of it and more towards how do you reclaim the narrative mm. because it's mm. so easy to lose control of the narrative yeah and I've worked in communications for many many right. years yeah. and it's easy to lose control of the narrative but so it's <sighs> not so much about that part as how do you reclaim it and I think that's what we forget a lot with social media and all that because yeah. there is that feeling that one wrong move like with James Gunn yeah yeah, yeah. I've seen one yeah. tweet from like years ago yeah, yeah. and you're, you're done uh, but there, there can be a narrative reclaiming, and I think it's going to become more and more usual. Now, that that can be, of course, for bad stuff, right? Well, sure, I, like, you know, did this terrible thing 12 years ago, but now I'm a great upstanding citizen. Look <laughs> yeah. over there! Yeah, 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 look yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah look at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, like, people do it all the time, too. They reclaim their narratives all the time. Right. Uh, it's just, it's easy to fold under the weight of social and public opinion. Yeah. So yeah. is there, like, from the comments perspective, is there one general, like, rule of thumb when it comes to reclaiming the story? Or does it really depend on the person? Well, it depends on the person and it depends on what's going on, too. Okay. So but it's very best, much case by case. It's case by case, but, I mean, there's some little, like, basic things, right? I mean, don't attack the person. Right. Don't okay. try to reclaim your story by standing on the shoulders of the person who's trying to undo you. You know, right, make okay. a statement, be honest, don't try to cover up, don't try to lie, yeah. be honest within the parameters that you can be honest without throwing other people under the bus. Right, okay. You know, if it's, you really screwed up, an apology that's heartfelt, not overdone, not overstated, and not an excuse, Yeah. it won't get you all the way, but the narrative is there, it's out. And if it's a narrative that's completely false, then state the facts, and that's it. Like, you don't need to go into an emotional... Um, mm break down everywhere because that won't necessarily help right see I, it's funny I've I like the way I've done it and I've I've messed stuff up or got something wrong I mean it's weather right yeah, yeah exactly but that's, that's almost exactly what I do is I will I will own that and I'm like look I did something stupid everybody look right and and like I found that people tend to react to that much better yeah right if I try to hide it if I'm like that's not my fault I didn't screw that up uh, and this is my excuse for it yeah. it's like no I blew that I blew it. Yeah. Like like yesterday, I was really close to to a storm. I should have gotten it, and I blew it. I made the wrong call. I immediately said, you know, right. And I was like, yep, I blew it. And you tend to get a much better response to that if you just simply own it, mm-hmm. right? Because you're talking about this. Yeah, you know, I think a little bit of the Streisand effect, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as you try, especially online, if mm-hmm. you try to like make that go away, it's you're dead. Stuck. Oh yeah, it's you... it's your exact opposite. Exactly. But if you like like if I uh, like, and I've had people do like take a stupid picture of me. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, I look like an idiot. I'm like, uh, you know, like something <laughs> stupid, right? And you just look dumb. 
And it's like, and, and I'll say like, oh my God, take a look at this picture. Look how stupid I look. And people are like, oh my God. So he's totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, like, I've dealt with mental health issues as well. And rather than trying to hide that and saying, oh, I'm the perfect person. I'm like, no, here, here's my mental health issues. Yeah. And it tends to make people go, oh, you're human. Or, oh, I've dealt with that. And I find that works mm-hmm. much better in terms of, in terms of that narrative. Um, and, and, and so far, so good. I haven't, like, I've done a few dumb things where I've had to apologize. And I simply just come straight out and say, yeah, no, I, I apologize for that. I, I didn't mean to sound like that. You know, I, 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 I'm passionate about this, this topic we're talking about, and I didn't mean to insult you. Um, and, and that's it. And I find, like, for me, the, the greatest um, goal, the greatest, um, yeah, I think the goal is the best way to say it, is to have people communicate. Yeah. It, it, like, yeah. I don't necessarily want to win, mm. like, you know, especially on the internet. You know, it's like, everyone, I have to win this argument. And I'm like, and I deal with people that are like polar opposites to my opinion. I mean, climate change is the yeah. one that comes to answer. And I will talk with people, I will engage with people who are very strong deniers right. and talk with them and sort of, hey, why, why do you think this way? And I've had people actually come to me later on, like, after, you know, like a conversation or something, and it's public. Yeah. Right? Especially if it's on Twitter or it's on Facebook or something like that. It's very, very public. And I've had people come to me afterwards and say, wow, you were really nice about that. And you and you really, you were like, I can't believe you would talk to him about this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, because my highest ideal is communication. Yeah. As soon as we stop talking, mm-hmm. we go into a bad place. Yeah. We go into a very bad place. Yeah. And as soon as we start attacking all the time, then we're not hurt and we're not listened to. Yeah. If yeah. we're always busy attacking, attacking, bringing people down, ripping people down. I mean, yeah. it doesn't... I think I've got, in some ways, I've got a bit of an advantage over some people because I'm always assuming that I'm in, in the public, right? So I've gotten this mm. mindset of, like, I'm always in the public. Yeah. So whatever I say, someone is going to read it. Someone's going to hear it. Someone's going to, you know, nice. or someone's going to bring it back in my face. So if I go, you, you're, you're, a, you're a, and your mother should have, you know, like, then someone's going to come back at me and say, dude, like, they're going to say, you're a horrible person for saying all this stuff. Right, so I say I, I try to be polite about it because I'm thinking, okay, if I'm talking with this person directly, right, I'm I'm, just, I'm talking to you, right, and I'm, am I going to say that to your face? Probably not. Right. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, maybe sometimes, but probably not. <laughs> Once in a while. Yeah, and I think again, even as writers, you got to do the same thing, right? Because if you yeah. freak out on somebody, yeah. um, it's going to come back, and someone's going to say, oh. "Don't read this guy's stuff because he's a." He's nasty. Yeah. I agree and I disagree with that. Mostly because I freaked out on a lot of people. <laughs> and like not in really? a bad really? Yeah, really? <laughs> well not in a bad way. <laughs> Maybe we have different definitions of freaking out. Maybe. Oh I, no, Marie's passionate about stuff. She is so passionate about stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no. That's why I love her. But <laughs> because she freaks out on people. <laughs> At World Fan City 2012, I was I became very popular very quickly because I threatened to bitch slap someone. In a panel. I don't think I've heard this story. Wow, I gotta hear I, this I story too. Heard this yeah. story. Haven't you? No. It's this Unless you left out the word bitch slap, but No, it's an intricate part of it. Okay. Like if you you know, Google Marie Bellado bitch slap, you will find a story. Get, get producer, Excuse me, yeah. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> get producer Gary yeah. on that. <laughs> um we're in this panel and it's super packed. There's like, you know, several really popular authors and I'm there and I, I've got the flu starting too, like just to be clear. And oh, when I'm yes. getting sick, it's not my best time. I'm like high on drugs. <laughs> the room is packed. There's at least a hundred people, maybe more. Oh, no, that's it, the definition of a packed room for writers, but go ahead. No, I think it was, it must have been bigger if I look at like CanCon, maybe 200 people. Okay. And it was like standing room at the back and, um, and I've got some friends in the front and, well, and we're talking about um, using different cultures in your writing, and of course it veers towards cultural appropriation. Right, okay. And oh, it was at yeah. the beginning, like, none of us are like, you know, I'm the closest thing to, I'm French-Canadian, and that's as close as, like, culturally not Anglo, which is not, like, anywhere near the, like, yeah. you know, the... And so somebody stands up, and we're just saying, well, you know, just don't do it. Like, if you're not sure, just don't do it. Like, yeah. we're writing second-world fantasy stuff half the time. Like, it's pretty easy, just... And, uh, and somebody stands up, in the room and says, well, and, and it was something I'm paraphrasing here, but it was very aggressive and it was like, well, you know, I feel that as writers, we can do whatever the, whatever we want because we're working to like a higher power or calling or something like that. Oh, shit. And right. I remember specifically, because we had mics, because the, the room was big enough, we had table mics, and I looked to one end of the table 
And I looked to the other side of the table, and nobody's picking up. And I lean into the mic, said, "I'll take this one." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like leaning back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I'm like, you could do that, and I could also get up and bitch slap you right now. Wow. And, oh shit! And it's that moment where I'm like, oh. Like, overstepping Marie, right? Like, I had to totally... Yeah, yeah. And then there's silence in the room, and everyone's eyes, I swear, popped out of their heads, because nobody knows what to make of the crazy girl. Who nobody <laughs> knows, because I'm like, I'm a no-name on this panel, and I'm just, like, tired and full of flu and anger. And... <laughs> yeah, that's... There you go. There's, there's the other title. Yeah, full yeah, of flu and anger. Full of anger. And then, like, after, like, it felt like an eternity, but maybe two, three seconds of silence, of stunned silence, the room erupted into applause. Wow. Wow. Like it was, oh yeah, it was like cheering and applause, but wow. yeah, yeah. I say, but I think you need that. I think there's, yeah. I think every discussion needs a firebrand and every discussion needs someone, uh, like every debate needs a firebrand. Every de- debate needs someone who's willing to discuss. Yeah. And I definitely stay away from, like, which is kind of funny because you'd think, you know, like I'm used to being in the public, you know, in front of the public and doing stupid, stupid things that I'd be more willing to, but I find myself... I like the discussion side of it. That's cool. Right? I, I and like that's, it too, but yeah. Yeah, Eminem, but that's, that's like, but it's harder for me to be firebrand like you. Like, I watch you and I'm in awe of you. Yeah. And like, when I hear things like that. Yeah, the yeah. only nickname I've ever had, which is funny that you say that, has been firebrand. In really? like university, my, my friends wow. started calling me firebrand. That's yeah, that's, see, that does not surprise me. Not one little bit. And I've gotten better. I can rein in my temper so much more easily than before, but stupid shit gets me going but but usually I do it in a funny way like we yes were yes panel, we were on a panel once um, at a con years ago and the moderator was supposed to moderate and we're too many people we're like six seven people and it's Friday night and now I'm tired and cranky <laughs> and I'm sitting at this panel I'm at the end and the moderator created this panel with the wrong topic called it something like myths you know, using myths and fiction, and he's talking about witches, which, you know, like, yeah. well, where are we going to focus our energies here? Yeah. And he obviously created this entire panel just to talk about his book. Oh, you know? oh no. Yeah. And oh, he starts, no. and he's just talking about his book, and, and there's all these interesting people. I want to hear them talk yeah. on this panel. I'm like, these people are kick-ass, and this guy is just, like, taking over, and he's a moderator, so we're all Canadian, we're all being polite. <laughs> and then there's me. So I lean over to the edge of the table and I put my hand up to the moderator. Oh, no. And he's like, Marissa, I have a question. <laughs> and then I ask a question of the panel. And then, like, everybody would answer and everybody. And then he'd go back and he'd start taking it over again. And then I'd lean over again and lift my hand. By the fourth time I did this, the audience knew what I was doing. <laughs> the moderator had no clue. The audience oh, no. is killing themselves laughing because I'm always like, ooh, I have a question. <laughs> so it's like a gentle takeover of moderation. Yeah. But not in a mean way. But I think that's the thing. You have to have fun with it. But, I mean, I think, the, but someone like you can do that. Right, like there's definitely yeah. you. You can pull that off. Oh, yeah, we were, you know, like one of the things I found sometimes is that not all writers are great at being on. Yeah, like being yeah. like like doing a reading or or doing the 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 side of it that is um, theatrical. Yeah. Right, and I found like you are because you're a story writer, right, or a storyteller. I mean, you you can do that, and you know, but I. There's Thank there's you. been a few writers that have been painful to listen to. Yeah. Their their work their work is fantastic. I know, but they they don't. And I think you know, especially yeah. nowadays in a in a world of social media, you gotta be able to do that. Yeah, it's hard, and it's hitting. I think a lot of people have a hard time too with finding their voice, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. finding a voice that strikes that right balance with social media, but that still represents them. Um, Evan actually had eyes <laughs> popping. Oh God. Evan takes care of multiple social media channels because he's good at it, but uh, one of the things that you do... Why is the suspicious look going on? Because <laughs> he knows you, Marie. I know, it's true. What have I done? <laughs> one of the things that Evan does is you'll point out some like random holidays on yes. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you had one go viral recently. Uh, yeah, that was at St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I pointed out that it's also the Feast of St. Gertrude, who is the patron saint of uh, cats and gardening and sufferers of mental illness. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. the way you put it was so cute, too. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly how I worded it, but it was like I've never been a huge fan of St. Patrick's Day. And so I said, if you don't <laughs> want to celebrate St. Patrick's yeah. Day, you could instead observe the, the Feast of this fairly obscure 7th century saint. And, nice. yeah, I, I had done that 
at least a couple times before, but for whatever reason, last year that caught fire, and yeah, like eighty-seven thousand people saw that tweet. Wow! Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it go. I was loving it. I just kept stalking your profile. Yeah, like, that, that day was kind of crazy because yeah, wow. yeah, and that's that's the first time I had ever had that happen. Right. I I've had I've had one of my tweets went absolutely crazy. Um, I had three hundred eighty-seven thousand views on it. Wow. Um, but again, it's not that. I mean, again, because it's because it's you know work for TV. It's a right, little yeah. easier to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, what? And like it was amazing. Yeah. And it was this shot of me driving through an abandoned Miami. Okay. Right? Because it was just before oh. one of the hurricanes. Oh, that's and, cool. And I was just like, oh, I'll just I'll just film this for a second. And I did like a ten second clip of like this abandoned you know Miami. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, and put it away. And it's not exciting. It's not interesting, and yet everyone thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, what is going on here? And great. It was fantastic. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this part of the, of the hurricane and the winds <laughs> debris flying by, and like six people watching. Nobody cares. Thank you. Nobody cares. Yeah. But you don't know sometimes. I yeah. once, you never like, really know. That's a total No. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, like what we were talking about, of course, before we were recording. Of course. Uh, is that... One of the things you want to do, obviously, as a writer, is is write what's hot. Yeah, but you yeah. never really know, right? Good luck. Like you never really know. Like, am I writing the thing that's going to catch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like is the tweet that I just sent out going to be the one that yeah, three hundred thousand people yeah. are going to look at, or is this one that I'm actually really proud of? Oh well, my mom liked it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> Mm. And, and and we've been we've been, I've actually literally been playing with that in the last few um, last few times I've been out uh, ch- storm chasing. Um, I had one shot uh, like I was in the middle of the storm, wind is like, debris flying past the cars, from bouncing stuff off. It was just near London, Ontario, about three weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I got fifty five thousand views. Great, all right, yeah. So I was like, okay, we literally now have an ability to check to test this. So I go outside of the storm film in front of the clouds which is like dramatic and oh my god and everyone's freaking out so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like freaking out going oh this is amazing how many views does that get okay the one time I put it out it got like a thousand views and I'm like oh, really and then <laughs> okay. I put it out this time 35,000 views or no, it, yeah they, was like, they were close I'm like what <laughs> you can uh, yeah, well, yeah because it's the same it's the same thing and I'm like what is going on yeah I get it sometimes right? you get people like I remember once I was writing it was during 150th celebrations in Ottawa oh, okay. for Canada and I, I was supposed to be writing in the morning and I didn't want to so I wrote a blog post instead and um, I was making fun of Inspiration Village it was like you know the city oh, of yeah. Right? oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and I was making fun of them because they were like you know performers should perform for free in our multi-million dollar space oh, yeah. like, no no Ottawa but I wasn't mean like I just said I think I named it like Ottawa I love you but you need to do better yeah, you know, and it was, and it was like just a little letter to Ottawa saying, like, come on, like you need to value your performers, your people, your be good to us, and yeah. and it went viral. But I left, I put it up, and I said nobody's gonna see it. Like three people on Facebook are gonna comment on it, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I've written this morning, I feel great. And I went away, <laughs> and then my phone rings like two hours later, and it's the Metro the Ottawa Metro, and I'm like, hello, and they're like, oh, we read this. I'm like, you have, and then. <laughs> Ottawa Citizen and it was I did the rigmarole and then the city of Ottawa like I had thousands of views on that thing and like I think I went close to a hundred thousand by like the Whoa. end of the day yeah from Ottawa and people were like thank you and people <laughs> were like bitching me out on various like Reddit like wow. just winding up <laughs> it was awesome man no clue and then um, the city of Ottawa had to retract like by the end they're like no no we met more paying people <laughs> I had the screenshot of perform for perform like take a great space <laughs> but yeah no it was great it was crazy yeah two things about that, that like that, which I find funny um, the first one is um, at least people are reading it like you you know people are, uh, yeah. are, are yelling at you but you know what they're paying attention I know it's good they're paying attention that is the most critical thing and the other thing is I think writers and artists are not valued nearly enough because everyone's like, hey, I'll pay you an exposure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. I, 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 my mortgage. You know, they're, they're actually <laughs> accepting exposure checks now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I see, but I see this all the time. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like and especially on my side of the, uh, my side of the, the world, like uh, being on the other side of the camera, like, um, like there's a lot of news stations that are like, oh, w- we'd love to get your shot. And uh, and we'll put it up, and you'll get me exposed. And people are like, "Yeah, no problem." And they'll se- and they'll yeah. they'll send in the shots. Yeah. And it's like, 
great. So you just gave away that shot. But here's the problem. For them, it's great because they're never like they, yeah. they do that once in your lifetime and, and great. But the professional photographers, the professional videographers yeah. Yeah. that are doing stuff are now getting completely undercut by yeah. those professional yeah. writers, yeah. Pro, you yeah. know, people that like Absolutely. are doing all this stuff and are talented and good at this and should be paid for their talent yeah. and their hard work yeah. are getting undercut by the general public saying, oh yeah, and I don't think it's the general, I don't think it's the general public's fault. I think no. it's a lot of these companies that are like, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to put this out and make hundred grand on this and you just gave it to us for nothing yeah that's it and I think like I'm starting to see it's starting to swing back yeah I think it swung really far in in the direction of like no we're not paying anybody yeah and I'm starting to see um, like the weather network if you've got good stuff they'll pay you for it oh really okay yeah oh yeah we try we try hard to to be um, like as as uh, as good to the people as as we can simply because uh, you know, like we get so much stuff from the general public, so we try and, and uh, you know, if, if people say, "Hey, you know, I, I, I'm a professional photographer, um, I, you know, I need to get paid for this," they're, they're, you know, like, "Yeah, absolutely." You know, we will absolutely nice. pay you. Yeah. Just wait until they have cameras everywhere capturing everything at every moment and they can get any shot they want without any human assistance. Yeah. Wait for that time, my friends. Well, okay. That. <laughs> what? <laughs> You live in Ottawa. Doesn't that already happen? Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. stuff. But, um, I, I mean, for tra- translators, we're a big, like, are still a big job, right? And I yeah. was talking with someone, I'm not going to say the organization, but big, big, big organization. And they were telling me that they're running a program right now where they're not actually using human translators. They used oh, really? to have, like, 30, because Canada. They used to have 30 on staff, and now they have one. And their entire job is to review the documents the AI translates. Oh, and up to 90% of it is, is correct. It's accurate. And the nuances of language are the only thing that they're missing still, like the expressions and stuff. Yeah. 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 But just you wait till we're all replaced by robots. Then we get to just sit around and drink. I'm too good looking for it to be replaced by robots. Yeah, I don't want to get replaced by robots. No, are you kidding? I'll be replaced like that. It'd be easy. Well... Really? Like, I could be replaced by a nodding bird. You know, like, <laughs> no. a nodding yeah. bird in a tornado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, but you could have your like mentality transferred, your your brain transferred into a robot. Oh, I plan, I plan never to get old. I'm gonna have a giant robotic spider body and just be like a brain. You're in, a in the same boat as yeah. I, I just need to live yeah. long enough to get uploaded to a computer. That's yeah, all. that's yeah. Done. Perfect. Oh okay, no, no, yeah. No. Think of the places they could send you in a robot. Yeah, I know. I that's that's, that's, that's exactly what I want to go. I want to go storm chasing on Jupiter. Yeah. So actually, Derek and I had a discussion about that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, this is a short story I really want to write. Well, it looks like someone has apologized to the super intelligent AI, and it has decided to allow humanity to live. We had a wonderful time talking with our fellow survivors today, so thank you as always to Marie and Mark for joining us down here in our underground safe haven. And thank you to fellow survivor Chris Kesner for providing our intro and outro music. Stay safe, treat your iPhone with respect, and we'll look forward to reaching you again with our next broadcast from the Wasteland.